Hey, everybody. Welcome to Red Pill Your Healthcast. My name is Dr. Charlie Fagenholtz, and I am here with Lauren Johnson, your favorite nurse. And we are going to talk about meat today. And there's a lot of confusion around meat. There's a lot of people who a lot of people trusted prior to 2020 that are pushing this fake meat. And so we want to dive in uh, about meat and then about the alternatives that you're seeing that you already know in your gut are not good. We're just going to make sure that you know why it's not good. So, And then also help you understand like how you can reintroduce meat too. I don't yes. think we discussed that beforehand, but we should also talk That's about That's a good that. one. I'm going to make a notes that we, uh, we do because that. Because that is one thing that I find is really hard for um, vegans or vegetarians mm-hmm. to really increase their meat intake. Because they, it doesn't make them feel that good initially because they haven't eaten it in years, but there's a reason why. And we can talk about that and things to do that might, that might be, that might help you with that. Absolutely. So, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit first about my experience, uh, when I first started taking functional and frequency medicine classes and the very first seminar that got me, uh, thinking about this was one called TBM. And it's a technique that on day one, they go over diet nutrition. And the first two things they say, they start out the seminar by saying, your patients will come in with two issues, every single one of them. They're going to be dehydrated and they're going to have a blood sugar issue. And that is because they have a protein deficiency. And we can get into, Lauren and I have talked about, if you're not digesting your protein, that is a huge deal, obviously, but we want to talk about actually getting enough protein in this episode. And so TBM, my first technique I ever learned, essentially, the people who practice straight TBM will not see a patient if they don't eat at least nine ounces of rare, rare red meat each week. If you do not do that, they will not see you as a patient. That's how obsessed they are with stabilizing your blood sugar. And I thought it was a little harsh, But the longer I'm in practice, the more I agree with them. I really, really do. Whenever someone comes in that says, hey, I have anxiety, depression, sleep issue, mood issue. My first question to them is, are you vegan or vegetarian? And if I can already tell, I will ask, how long have you been vegan or vegetarian? And I am telling you that all the vegans and vegetarians that I've ever treated, 90% of them come in because of depression and anxiety. There's something deeper to your physiology with animal protein that we're going to hopefully dive in to tonight um, so that we can shed a little light on that topic. Yeah. Depression, anxiety, hypothyroidism, just uh, cavities, Mm -hmm. uh, teeth. And if it's not them or if it's a, a woman and they've had a baby, it's their baby that is, has really bad teeth and not saying, not blaming that. I'm that that's mostly the fault of the people that are marketing plant-based and vegan. I'm not saying that you made a bad decision. I know that I'm not judging you, but there are definitely some consequences of of a long-term vegan vegetarian diet that we have both seen clinically. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, Let's see. Where do you want to start, Lauren? What do you want to talk about first? So let's start with the nutrient deficiencies that we see clinically. Um, I I think that's, you know, just to frame this, like it's not like some attack. Okay. First, let's say 
there is a caveat with there are some religious practices mm -hmm. that are vegan and I'm yeah. not attacking your religion by any means. Um, I, I, I 100% believe that you should have every right to practice and believe however you feel fit. I, I just know that what eating animals does to the body and quality source animals. And so how important it is for the body. And so I think we were created to eat animals. And so this isn't meant to be disrespectful towards you, but this is just meant to say, this is what we've seen. This is what the research has found. And you can take that information and go with it from there. I mean, all you have to really do is look at our ancestors, right? We come from hunters and gatherers, but just look at our teeth. We have molars that grind roughage and vegetables and fruits and stuff. And then we have our eye teeth, our, what people will call vampire teeth. Those aren't made for vegetables and fruits. Those yeah. are made for animal protein. So our genetics, you, we want to talk about genetics. We want to talk about methylation. We need nutrients for those to work properly. And so much of those nutrients, your B vitamins, your magnesium, your vitamin D and animal fat, there, there's so much CoQ10, tyrosine, which is a precursor to dopamine, uh, all the amino acids, methionine, which is the number one sulfur-based amino acid that helps your liver detox because it helps methylation. All of that is found in animal protein and specifically red meat, P pound for pound. I will say organs are the most nutrient dense animal pro or animal muscle, which is meat is second to that, but beef and red meat, right? Bison is so much more nutrient dense than white meat. It really is. And I want to put a little note in here for those that are struggling with like kids that are picky eaters uh, and yeah. you're having a hard time getting your kids to eat. You can do the desiccated. That's fine. But you can also do force of nature. It's a regenerative farm that has ground meat. That is a blend and it's mm. like heart and liver. And so it's not, you don't have to just go straight to the organ. I understand that it's hard to do that, especially with children. And even me, I don't know that I would immediately go to organ meat to eat uh, any certain way. Um, but if you start with ground and the, the, the blends, it really, yeah, the, bl the blends are awesome. Stock. In I think California, White Oak Pastures has one too. That's a blend. In California, our um, farmer's markets used to have a place that we would buy from and it was called Boost. They called it Beef Boost and it would have liver, kidney, and heart in there. That's great. I'm telling you, if you had a blindfold on and you ate regular ground beef versus this Boost, you would never go back to ground beef. And, and you wouldn't even... Like your kids aren't going to be able to tell the difference. And I don't think you will be either. Yeah, it it's tastes much, so better, much more. Honestly. Yes. We had earlier, we, I made, I have nothing in my house right now. Cause we just got home from spring break and I didn't get to the grocery store or order it. And so I had Siete tortilla chips and I mm -hmm. had force of nature ground bison and ground beef. That was both of, there were two blends. And so I just thawed those out and made, uh, we had this, some type of like little nacho thing. Cause that's all I, that's all I had. It, was probably it, amazing. Worked. it worked. It worked. Yep. So, um, and, and kids can be picky eaters. Obviously some people, some kids don't want like my oldest daughter right now, we eat so much beef in this house that she's like, I don't want beef anymore. I'm like, uh, well, you know what, you know, she'll eat, uh, she'll eat lamb. She'll eat chicken. She likes Turkey. I'm like, all right, we'll give her a break. And then when she's ready to eat it again, she will. And mm -hmm. so you got to uh, play the cards you're dealt, so to speak. So I don't try to force it on them. And the more you force your kids to do it, the more they're not going to want to do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but just know that 
red meat is the most nutrient dense of the animal meats. Yeah, definitely. Now we talked about how it balances hormones, blood sugar, and all these nutrients that really make the body go. But the people who guided us so loyally in 2020 are trying to get us to eat these plant-based burgers now. And so you can trust them again and see how far that gets you. But if you look at the ingredients of these plant-based burgers, it's literally like eating a vaccine. Read a vaccine label, you wouldn't inject yourself. Read these labels, you wouldn't eat it if you knew what these things were. So let's talk a little bit about that. Why is plant-based meat that's supposed to be so good for the environment, so good for you, why is it trash? Well, it contains a lot of inflammatory oils. I know we need to go back to talk about nutrient deficiencies. We'll talk about this first and then we'll go we'll go to well, nutrient this will, this will actually lead into nutrition. There we go. Okay. So it has a lot of inflammatory oils. Like that is something that we haven't actually done an episode on inflammatory yeah. oils. I don't know that how. Would be a good how, one. Yeah, how have we not done canola oil and all these seed oils that have not taken the blame for too long and for heart should, disease and garbage? Yeah, we should do one. The, and I'm not like some like, oh, we can never eat out again because right. of this. Like I, I wouldn't stress that much um, because it, that will it hurt your nervous system too. Or I wouldn't go, not go to a family gathering because you're worried about the food that's going to be there. But I would say at home and the things that you do day to day, that matters more. And so, you know, we look at Beyond Burger and it has pea protein isolate. It has canola oil. Mm, gotta love that canola oil you should just google how they make canola oil i guarantee you you'll never eat it ever again it's it's and it's not it's and like some people ask me this about sunflower oil versus like Mm -hmm. sunflower butter it's or the sunflower seeds it's not the the seed is not the issue well you know i think anything in excess could be an issue it is the most of the issue though is the refining the processing and how they make that it is absolutely disgusting the deodorizing like it's just it's gross and so why well it's basically as to your point is like everything gets messed up when humans touch it yeah (laughs) what what man does to it is always you know what, what did we always say whenever man is trying to make something more efficient and better you have to ask at what cost to our health. And this is exactly, this doesn't pass that test. No, no. Um, One of these, is it Beyond Burger or is it the other one, Impossible Burger? Oh, you mean Bill Gates' company? Yeah, Bill Gates' company. You know, he he really cares about us. He's not, you know, he's not on stage telling people that he knows how to depopulate the planet with vaccines or anything. So I want to go immediately and buy all these impossible foods because if Bill Gates says it's good, it must be amazing for me. I just don't understand why Silicon Valley is invested so heavily in the fake meat market. It just, it doesn't make sense. Why, how does that, how is that related? I can't stand these people. I know. Um, They think they know better. They think they know what is better for you than you do. And then that's a big issue, right? That's a huge issue. Yeah. Um, So if you look at all these ingredients and the beyond burger and the impossible burger, which I wonder if we looked at their financials, if they were actually doing that well, because I don't think they're actually bought that much. I don't know. I, th- I think what they're trying to do, and I, you know, some of these people listening to us are going to be like, well, here he goes on his conspiracy again. But what <laughs> I think that they're trying to do is um, they're making money off pharma drugs. So w- if, they're, if they're providing the solution, let's provide the problem and let's back all these 
plant-based burgers that are going to make people sick. We'll, we'll make money off that. And then we'll make more money on the return like drug dealers, right? Drug dealers always make the most money on the return customer. And that's what pharma drugs will do to people who have been listening to the quote unquote experts tell you to wear your mask and eat your impossible burger and, you know, don't speak up or else you're a conspiracy theorist and, and all that type of stuff. I'm on one already tonight. I, I'm really going on this podcast. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it does make you wonder if there isn't a conspiracy going on there. Totally. And I, you know, even for someone who doesn't want to think about all the bad things that are happening <laughs> that many don't know about, it is something that you really need to consider that at least don't take their food, their nutrition advice. Cause you look, just look, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm not one to like, just talk about this, but look at Bill Gates and some of these health ministers that are out there that are really encouraging you to do all these things. Do they look like they are healthy? Like, just like you wouldn't <laughs> want to go to a doctor that is, you know, you know what I mean? Doesn't, the doctor doesn't take care of themselves. Yeah. It's harder to, it's harder to listen to them and to yep. respect their opinion when you clearly know they're not taking care of themselves. And so that's something to just to consider. So it's not just about the fake meat and what all it has in it, because I know there are many vegans and vegetarians who don't eat that stuff mm -hmm. and they will say, I don't eat that stuff. That's not healthy. I will, they eat, they'll do raw vegan or they'll yeah. do, and you know, they'll do different vegan foods, but no matter what, when you go to like a vegan diet, it is, you're, you do find, and there was a study in 2017 that found it, that it increased the sugar intake. It mm -hmm. increased carbohydrate intake um, and it, it messed with the blood sugar a lot. It, it definitely is something that no matter what you do, even if you're taking in enough protein, it's the type of protein it is, it's still going to mess with your blood sugar. Absolutely. And, and again, plant protein is not easily digestible. You have to break through all the fiber yeah. you have to, and this is assuming your digestive tract works properly. You know, and, and even if your digest, digestive tract does work properly and you have good stomach acid and you have good gallbladder function and uh, pancreatic function, it's still really hard to break down. Plants are, a they have defense mechanisms. Plants can't move. Animals can run away from you. Plants cannot. So they have to build defense mechanisms in them. And it, that's why it technically is better to cook vegetables because yeah. it can denature some of these defense mechanisms. This is why um, a lot of people like in old time, like in Italy and stuff, when they make pasta sauce, they take the skin off and the seeds out of the tomatoes. That's where all the lectins live and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So if you, if you pay attention to what cultures have done and you think it's like odd that they do stuff, it's usually for a reason. Like if you go to, if you eat sushi, it comes with ginger and wasabi. Well, ginger and wasabi kill parasites, right? So it's placed there because yes, it has a flavor, but it's also medicinal in the same time. Uh, whereas obviously in America, we're like, oh, um, you know, we, there's this uh, not grass fed and it's grain, GMO grain fed burger. So what we're going to do is we're just going to slap cheese on it and throw a gluten processed bun on it. We basically... America just kind of messes up uh, in many fashions when it comes to health. We try to make it fast and available to the masses and it just messes it all up. That's 100%, 100%. So yes, yeah, so cooking vegetables will make it. And I think most people would actually understand that if they really sat there and listened to their body 
after mm-hmm. if they have some say they have some gut issues they have a woman has some gut issues and she eats a bunch of the vegetable trays that are at every shower that's out there <laughs> she eats a bunch of, of the vegetable tray and maybe she goes home and she's like oh that is i don't feel so good there's yeah. a reason for that it's totally. because it's a raw vegetable and it's harder to digest and if you already have gut issues which the majority of the population does because of stress and the modern society of just this world and toxin exposure um, yep. vaccines all of the things all of then then you are going to be able to digest raw raw vegetables as well and it is going to be harder and that's the same reason why it makes a vegan diet a little bit harder on the gut as well yeah and, and you will see some people who went vegan and they said wow i haven't felt this good um you know you'll you'll hear people say that my question to those people is how long have you been doing it Right, because right, exactly. It is not sustainable. So, so it's been three or four years, and you feel better when you went to a vegan diet because you're not eating the breads and pastas and rices and in the um, you know, the the fast food animal proteins. But it's not sustainable. And I've never met a vegan who's been doing being a vegan for you know, say 10 plus years, I've never truly met one because they don't last that long. They have to find a solution to build their hormones, to help their blood sugar, to sustain life essentially. And it's not a knock to vegans. I'm just telling you it's not sustainable. So it's not an, if it's a when. Yeah. I mean, that is one of the, the biggest things is yes, you might feel better initially, but that is because what were you eating before that? Yep. But then, and yes, there are some, there are some pros to maybe a short term, um, mm-hmm. cleanse of some sort, you know, whatever, like, you know, detox from whatever food. Sure. I'm not knocking that. I still think you could do that with meat per- perfectly fine, Agreed. but the biggest thing is the longevity of this is just, you're just not going to find that. I have had, I had a patient who had some heart issues young and went vegan, felt great, still felt great. He still felt fine, mm-hmm. but his labs spoke volumes mm-hmm. on how bad the nutrient depletion was there. And, um, the weight was coming back and all this stuff. And he was like, I feel fine, but the weight's still coming back. Well, there's a reason for that. Like it, it, yeah. it is not sustainable long-term. Okay. So, so Dr. Charlie and Lauren, you're telling me that eat animal protein because it's more bioavailable protein helps stabilize your blood sugar, which helps hormones, which helps my neurotransmitters, which makes me feel good. Cause as Dr. Charlie says, red meat is nature's antidepressant. Uh, I'm methylating better. My detox pathways are better. Everything is getting better, but I haven't eaten red meat or animal protein in two years. Where do I start? Where do you think, Lauren? Where where should we start with this? So the biggest things we find with people who haven't eaten meat, and I think it's starting by correcting some of the nutrient deficiencies, or at Mm -hmm. least being aware of them. When you want to start eating meat again, you really have to go slow. Because a lot of times your stomach acid has been lowered over time mm-hmm. and this will set you up for chronic infections and parasites and things like that. And so you really don't want to just go full bore into like a carnivore diet. That's not going to be the best thing. Um, but we do find that people who are vegan and, or vegetarian um, are low in iron. Actually, a lot of people are low in iron. 
It is something that is across the world, no matter whether it's a high income uh, country or low income country, there are many, many, many people who are low in iron. And it's because they are doing a good job of discouraging meat consumption. And so 33% of women have a nutrient deficiency in the U.S. One in two women in the U.K. have a nutrient deficiency. Mm. 20, I think it's 22% of people of women in the U.S. are iron deficient and 21% in the U.K. And we both know there's other causes for that. But we yeah. know that veganism and vegetarianism will set you up for those other causes like parasites that will call, yeah. feed on your iron. And a vegan and vegetarian diet are very low in B12 and you need B12 mm-hmm. in order to digest iron. Yes. So you'll see them. A lot of them are anemic. You'll see a lot of thyroid issues because healthy blood carries healthy hormone. Yep. Um, you'll see a lot of anxiety and depression. A ton of it. That's what I mean. Whenever you need your B vitamins, whenever someone can, has come into me in the last eight years and said, uh, I'm depressed or I'm anxious. That's my first question. Are you yep. vegan or vegetarian? Yeah. I'm telling you, you eating? 80% yeah. of them say I'm either vegan or vegetarian. And this is impacting children too. I, yeah. I uh, helped with a patient, a child who was vegan. Um, parents were vegan mm-hmm. and the child was so deficient that if we started correct, they had to go to the hospital to be hospitalized because if we started to correct some of these abnormalities, he was at risk for a seizure. Mm-hmm. There are so many children who are being led down this path of meat is wrong and it's because of their parents and it is just one of those things where those are probably the same parents that have been wearing a mask and probably boosted their children let's get real probably and they're probably not listening to this podcast and and they're probably the pronoun pronoun people that probably aren't listening to this podcast no definitely not (laughs) okay so but we love you all. We love you all. We're just saying it as it is. I am not judging at all. I I, no. I never, I don't want to ever put that vibe off, but at the same time, like, I just know that that's probably not who we're attracting. Yes. Um, yes. We're looking for people who are looking for us. Yeah. Um, where were we? I know. I was about to say, I distracted you. I'm so sorry. Um, oh yes. <laughs> but so it's affecting the children too. And yeah. when we see that, we see that this is causing more stunted growth. Mm. I mean, there we've seen this, I've seen this clinically with multiple children where they're falling off the growth uh, scale. And that can be, you know, that can be due to parasites that are feeding on the nutrients. Um, but again, what is setting you up for that? Are, do, is, are you putting in your body the nutrients that you need to be able to fight off of offending infections and bacteria and parasites like that? And yep. meat and animal quality animal meat does have those nutrients. So we, we made the case of why we would rather have animal protein than vegan vegetarian protein. But what about the, whatever her name is, Greta Thunberg, Green, Green whatever her name is, this climate person who seems nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do people, what about the people who say, well, it's better for the environment? You know, it's interesting The people who say it's better for the environment, like, okay, so there was a study done in 2017 that looked at taking animals out of agricultural, agriculture completely. Mm-hmm. And what they found was that it, that I think I mentioned this earlier with it increasing sugar consumption, increasing yeah. um, carbohydrate consumption, messing up blood sugar, but it also 
only decreased car- total U.S. total greenhouse gases by two point six percent. Two point six percent. You're get- so you're gonna tell me that people are making this big stink about how animals are cows are destroying our environment in America and in the world when you got China putting up coal factories every week, you got India's air quality, and we're going to look at the cows of America. Yeah, There's, that's why it doesn't make sense. Like It, it doesn't. Like, why are we holding ourselves to, to this big accountability when when the bigger countries are doing so much worse yep. for the environment? As well, it's not even like, if we did all these things, plus we got all the electric cars they want us to get, it oh, would yeah. make that much of a difference for what they say is climate change. Let's also think about what they're putting intentionally into the skies that yep. is impacting the ozone layer. That's right. That's right. And you know, we we talk about that stuff. We talk about chemtrails. We talk about all these types of things, but the the powers that be want to keep us sick. And so when they start preaching all the stuff, like Lauren and I, we are for environment we i mean this is oh, mother earth and that's something we want to talk about with with quality sourcing and meat and we can get to in a little bit but that is yeah. not what we're saying here we're not no, saying like, this doesn't matter and that you don't even need to worry about it like yes there is clearly a need to protect what we were given um yes. but it is something that you are being misled if you think that it's everything you're doing wrong that is contributing to climate change it's not your fault Yes. You said it so perfectly. I don't even want to add anything to that. That was perfectly said. We, um, we care, we care about mother, uh, mother earth, mother nature, but we just think that the way that you're being told that's contributing to it makes absolutely no sense. Right. And it will be detrimental to your health. If you keep listening to these lunatics, you know, I lost all respect for, and I I didn't, I just, you know, the, the environment crazy people that are just really, 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 really focused on it. Mm-hmm. They were wearing the masks and they were wearing them all the time yeah. and the, the disposable masks. Yep. And yep. then they realize, and then they stuck to it and they're still sticking to it. There are some that have woken up and realized, Hey, this is actually doing the, the opposite of what we wanted to do. Yep. And they are finding these masks and the worst oh, yeah. places. They're in, they're in our rivers. They're everywhere now. And, and it's, and it's hurting the wildlife. It's hurting yep. the like actual animals. <laughs> and they still, there are some that are still wearing the mask. It's uh, those people cannot be saved. No, those people are long gone, long, long gone. And, you can't, like, and uh, don't even try to like, Oh no, don't even, no, just, it's, it's going to take ties. more from you than it is yeah. going to give to them. And it, it's just not worth it. Yeah. It's it's not worth your time and energy. You don't need that time of that type of energy towards you. You need to focus on what you can do and what you can change. And when exactly. they are open to it, then you say, you okay, well, here's this study and this study and this study and this study that shows you those things don't work. Absolutely. And I, I'm to the point folks, like, I don't even need to provide people like that studies. I'm just going to say, just think logically. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Just think logically. And if they don't want to think logically, then all right, that's okay. So, all right. What were we saying we were going to talk about now? 
we said we were uh, going to bring up one more thing about the, oh, the environment, uh, sacred cow. The environment. Okay. So that is something that I think a lot of people just don't realize that there are different ways that you can raise animals mm-hmm. that are honor them and that they are treated well, then that you can yeah. see a difference in their cortisol levels versus the way a CAFO, which is like a conventional like uh, cow raising or animal raising operation for meat would raise an animal. It's very different. And this isn't to say I am an expert in this because I, I, I don't want to come off as um, if, if we have a farmer listening to us that's raising an animal for meat, uh, this may not be your practice, these may not be your practices. These are general things that are, that we have found and that we have, re- I have researched and that other people have researched and written books about. But if you do things different, this is not meant to be an offense, but this is meant to say, this is what some people do. And that's something to be considered. Uh, okay. So regenerative farming actually honors the animal it honors the land that the animal Mm. is being raised on and by these practices it actually helps to regrow the topsoil much more than any monocrop or tilling and plowing ever will that's the thing with the a lot of the vegan foods even just even with eating vegetables yeah a lot of times they're using a lot of pesticides it's killing mm-hmm. the topsoil killing the land so they're having to till and plow and and tear it up which that affects the ecosystem even more and yep. it, and it's not a i saw a diana rogers is somebody that i'm gonna i'm gonna shuttle all you people that have specific questions about this to her her instagram is a sustainable dish she has written a book with Rob Wolf called Sacred Cow. Um, that is going to be a great place for questions that are about specifics. But basically, it's it's not, this is not a bloodless, um, being vegan is not a bloodless thing. Mm. You, there are still little animals that are killed in the process of growing vegetables, of being run over by a tractor. You know, it's not going to ever be this, I will never kill an animal type of thing. Like that's not, that's, that's just not feasible and so plus what it's doing to the environment and to the land by monocropping and and tilling and constantly plowing and not taking care of the land and doing things as it was done 200 years ago Mm. which is what regenerative farms really try to do they and they really honor the animal i was listening to one regenerative farm um owner earlier and he was saying how even when they're when they're done processing the animal um, they are used up every bit they can use and they will try to, a lot of them will really try to use up every bit of the animal they can use. They have this machine that will convert the rest of the animal into organic fertilizer and they have, they will share it with the other farms. I don't know if they pay for it or whatever, but they, they, they share it with the other farms and with their farm to go put back into the land, back into the earth. That's and amazing. Wonderful. Yeah, that's amazing because topsoil depletion has been going on for a long time. And to think that if you keep planting these vegetables and stuff that it's going to solve it, it's just not going to. And what that basically means is we have very nutrient depleted crops. That's what topsoil depletion means. It means that we are depleting all of the nutrients in that top layer of soil where our vegetables grow. And for the record, people, plants cry too. If you break off a stem of a plant and stuff, they plants communicate with each other. They cry as well. It's not like that they don't plants don't have feelings either. For all the people who love plants, I'm with you. They have feelings. 
They, they do. And so if we think that we're eating plants because we uh, have a little bit of an aversion to eating animal because we feel bad for animals, plants have emotions too. Trees communicate, plants communicate. It is alive. It is absolutely alive. So hopefully that helps anyone out there who's thinking like, man, I really do need animal protein, but I just can't get myself to do it because I care too much about animals. But I care about animals too. I love animals. I grew up having a ton of it. I had snakes, cats, dogs. I had all of these types of stuff, but I still love eating animal protein. And you have to value yourself and know that like, this is the best thing for you. We were created mm. to eat meat. Yes. It is why we have <laughs> those eye teeth that Dr. Charlie was saying earlier. Yep. We were created to eat meat and it is very clearly seen that we can only get a certain, some nutrients from meat. For instance, heme iron is only in meat. It is more bioavailable than the iron that is found in plants. And that is something that you just aren't going to find in a plant, right? Yeah, for sure. You're just not going to. Um, it's just, you can't really sit any more ways. <laughs> They're just not, there's your nutrients are not bioavailable. We could have stopped this podcast at that. Yeah. It is not bioavailable. You need to be able to have nutrients to have every process in your body function, every single one to have your methylation function. If you've listened to our methylation podcast, you've listened to my methylation video in the membership, it turns on your DNA, turns on and off your DNA. What is more important than that? Probably nothing. Without that, you can't survive. And that's why, again, when you meet a vegan or vegetarian who says, I feel so much better and they're three or four years into it, give it 10 years. Let's see where you're at in 10 years. I'm telling you, it's not an if, it's a when. Yeah, and like he was saying, it's not just iron or protein. It's amino acids. It's mm-hmm. it's um, omega-3 fatty acids. It's so much more than that. There actually was a study... And it found that DHA levels are 31% lower in vegetarians and 59% lower in vegans. Compared 59% to lower in vegans. Yeah. DHA yeah. is what builds your nerves, your brain tissue. It's cholesterol for every single one of your cells. Do you realize that if you are 59% of you are deficient in it, that is scary. You can't think properly if you don't have enough enough DHA in your system to rebuild your brain tissue. Right. And then one last point I wanted to make is the work of Weston A. Price. Mm, Brilliant. Brilliant. And when was it? Was it in the 1920s? I think it was the 20s and 30s was Weston A. Price. And he traveled all over the world to different um, communities all over the world that are, um, that were not in you know big cities that were not in they were used they were doing their cultural things and their teeth and their oh, jaws man. and their airway their palates were so different than even if you just went to the next city over yep. which was you know like it just to the next city over like i think he did one in was it sweden or switzerland and he and he did this where he saw went to the community that was uh, a cultural com- you know the nat- natural community and then he went to the city next to it and not, it wasn't like right next to it, but it was the closest city. Yep. And the difference in the teeth was shocking. Isn't it crazy? The photos are insane. It is. It is. And it's, it, and that is what, so not eating meat, not eating or not eating things from animals. Um, you don't have the jaw development that you need. 
You don't have the teeth development. You don't have the palate development that will give you enough room to get your tongue up into the roof of your mouth, which is where it needs to be to put pressure on the palate so that you can keep growing it. So there's enough room for all the teeth to grow in. And then that will also force nasal breathing, which when you nasal breathe instead of mouth breathing, it, it sets off a whole, we need a whole, I need to do a whole episode on this. Um, it's a whole nother cascade of, of things that you, you really need to be nasal breathing instead of mouth breathing. And so does your child. Um, and of course I do recommend a biologic dentist to work on that, but that is something that you really cannot, you can see it in pictures, the mm-hmm. difference that eating meat has on the jaw and on the facial development. And so, and then of course, that's why we are also seeing an increase in sleep apnea because mm-hmm. these people are been breathing like this, you know, with their mouth open for years <laughs> and their airways are just like tiny. You guys could have seen her facial expression right now. You'd be laughing like I am. (laughs) Well, it's so, I mean, I mean, who hasn't seen it? Right. And so it is, it's, I mean, everyone does it. I mean, like not everyone, but like a lot of people do. And it's because it, this started happening in our, you know, Jane, in our, in our facial development, what, 50 years ago, long time ago. And so we really have to work to make some changes now, if we're going to change it for our children. And Clinical Pearl, how she just said that you'll see sleep apnea. Uh, Clinical Pearl of sleep apnea is if you have it on top of having palate issues, you also have an insulin issue. And Mm -hmm. insulin issues come from protein deficiencies. And Mm -hmm. so the symptoms you have is your body's cry for help. You just have to listen to the symptom and you have to understand where these symptoms are coming from because it's all tied in together. Everything relates to everything. And how mouth breathing will, and jaw issues and uh, palate not being big enough and all that, it will all, it all, there's actual studies that will show it leads to gut issues. And if you're not Mm -hmm. absorbing the protein that you're eating, then that matters too. And so it may be that you eat a good amount of protein and men typically do it. A lot of men have sleep apnea, Mm -hmm. but if they are not absorbing it, then it doesn't go anywhere. And I'm glad you brought that up because- um, we talked about digesting your protein, right? So we have to have a good digestive tract, good stomach and all that type of stuff. That is a different podcast that we, I believe we touched on that before. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's also important how you cook your meat and anything beyond medium rare, you are not going to digest. I can promise you that I eat rare and French blue. I literally, we sear our beef essentially and eat it. Now I know it's not for everybody. If you, if you try it once, you'll probably never do anything else because it tastes so dang good. Um, It's the most absorbable. So remember I was talking about that TBM seminar. They also had a rule that said that if you cook your meat beyond rare, they will not see you either because you will not digest the amino acids. What happens when you cook meat and eggs? you, you break down the amino acids in there. So they are not absorbable. So a lot of people will say, yeah, I tried eating red meat. It just didn't sit well in my stomach. I'm like, all right, perfect. How did you cook it? Why cooked it like, you know, medium well to well done. I'm like, well, yeah, I couldn't digest a piece of leather either if I tried eating it. So if you go beyond medium rare, it will be very tough to absorb that red meat. I I'm telling you. And Lauren's looking at me like, oh boy. 
Like I, I like it medium well and well done. No, I mean, I can do medium. Oh, you got to um, come down, girl. You got to come down to medium rare or rare or I'll, you should, you guys should come down as a family to, to Nashville and I will right. grill some French blue beef and you will never go back. My husband would be fine. Um, He would be fine with that. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So what are your concerns about rare meat and parasites then? So most of parasites and bacteria actually come from butcher's knives and you sear that layer off. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, All but right. again, this goes back to, but you should have adequate stomach acid to kill off right, those right, pathogens. Right. And if you don't take digestive enzymes, which is what brings us to, what do you do if you want to reintroduce meat? And that is going to be the first thing I would say is yes. you really need to work on your stomach acid and totally. on enzymes. And so I would personally, not medical advice, be having enzymes with every single meal um, yep. to really get that, those gastric juices flowing. You could also do digestive bitters. There's some from urban moonshine. I've used a few others, um, but there are um, definitely some good digestive bitters out there that yep. um, you can use as well. You can do that. Uh, obviously you and I have talked about gastro digest from Revita for oh. That's my favorite broad spectrum digestive enzyme. It does your stomach, pancreas, small intestine, and gallbladder. Yeah. Uh, so it's a really, really good one. You cannot open that for children because it does have HCL in there. And that is not good for the enamel of your teeth. Your stomach acid should stay in your stomach. It should not be in your mouth. Um, so if you uh, uh, are trying to do it for your children, then gastrodigest wouldn't be the one to get you to want more of the pancreatic enzymes and things like that. I have, I use Enzymedica for my children and yep, I actually can say it's a chewable, um, I, we went out to eat a lot while we were on vacation and I can, you know, do a whole nother thing on what we all did, but basically they got an enzyme with almost every meal yep. and they did pretty good. They didn't have any constipation. They didn't have, I, and I also did some Taksumi because mm -hmm. of the histamine that was being released because of all the food that they were eating that they, you know, don't normally eat. And so, um, the enzymes do really help a lot. And so that would be the first thing, especially for a child that doesn't eat meat and, and you want them to, but they're not, yeah. that would be one of the first things I would say is you need to work on the stomach acid. I 100% agree. They don't have enough stomach acid. They're listening to their body and they don't feel good on with eating meat because they, it doesn't sit well. It doesn't yeah. digest. It causes, they can't bloating. break it down. And so that is something that they're probably listening to their body and say, that doesn't make me feel good. Well, okay, so let's let's ask why that doesn't make them feel good. And that's usually not enough stomach acid. Or you're cooking your meat into leather. That could be it too. <laughs> I have photos of my oldest daughter when she was one years old with a ribeye bone in her hand, just gnawing this rare red meat off the bone. I, I think I'm gonna put it at the background of my phone so I can look at it every day because it makes my heart so happy. <laughs> <laughs> it does. There is nothing that makes me happier than my, cause my children are, they were picky eaters for years. And I would still say my youngest struggles a little more than my oldest now. Mm. Um, and it, cause I was really, my gut was really sick when I had them lots of, you know, lots of issues there, but I will tell you that when I, they eat like something that like, just, I make that I, it makes me so happy. Yeah. And a lot of it, it's most of it comes from the meat portion. If totally. I know they're getting their meat, their protein, their, all the amino acids, all those things they need, 
It makes yep. a difference and it makes a difference in their attitude and their blood sugar re- regulation. If they eat straight up carbs in two hours, they're going to go sky high and they're going to crash. And you're going to see that in the form of a temper tantrum. And yep. so that is something that even in children, you can see how important this meat is. So, so important. I always say that the thing that makes me so happy when I go to sleep at night is that night to watch my family have good nutritious foods and know that it is bringing them good health because uh, this sounds corny, but health is the greatest wealth. It is the great equalizer. It doesn't matter how rich you are. If you don't have health, you will not go much further with whatever you have. And so I feel very fortunate to be able to provide that type of food for our family. And I never take it for granted. So Um, That's what we do. You are able to do the same thing. Again, it is all choice if you want to or not. We know that most of our listeners are on the same page as us. Um, And then if you are vegan or vegetarian and listening to us, you probably will never listen to us ever again after this episode. Uh, But we love you. And sooner or later, made you think, made you ask some questions. Um, I am sure Diana Rogers has tons of resources for Mm -hmm. you. She has, they've done tons of podcasts, her and Rob Wolf have listen that just open your mind and say you know what if i am right then why not listen to these people talk so i can understand what they're the, these other people are thinking so i can have a discussion point and know have a rebuttal it can Absolutely. help prepare you for these conversations and then message me and tell me what you think and that's fine as long as you do it respectfully i am open to it and we can have an open dialogue um okay so digestive enzymes is something for reintroducing meat. Um, you know, I really think it's important that you go slow. Like I mentioned earlier, don't just go full bore into like a carnivore diet. Yeah. Um, you know, you might want to start with just some things that come from meat um, or for, come from animals, or you could start with eggs or uh, just small amounts of meat. What do you, I would what say do, you do, about? do 10 ounces a week. Okay. 10 ounces a week. The minimum that I find is nine ounces a week, which I learned from TBM. Um, I obviously think you need half your body weight in uh, grams of protein a day. Uh, But if you're just introducing this, start at 10 ounces a week. I mean, it's not that much. It's a little bigger than your fist generally. And over a week span, I think that's doable. And, and, and uh, I think it's a great start. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Any other thoughts on helping other helping ex-vegans or former vegans or vegetarians to reintroduce animal products Mm. maybe you're probably going to have to work on replenishing those b vitamins and supporting methylation with inspiracel which is something that dr charlie got my whole family on um and it's something that is unlike any other supplement for methylation so i do think supporting methylation would be a big one one. because we know that you're probably deficient because of not eating meat for so long um because that red meat produces all the great methionine in an absorbable form which methionine turns into sam e which is your universal methyl donor and so yes you are spot on with that uh you talk about b vitamins and zinc which is an inspire cell yep. b1 zinc and water is how you create your own stomach acid along with salt so maybe increase your salt a little bit, your hydration a little bit, get some Inspiracel. If you have something with B1 and zinc in there, it's a great start. Uh, digestive bitters you talked about, which makes you, your stomach and gallbladder start secreting enzymes because it's such a bitter taste. Um, and eating bitter foods can help too. Pair it with your your red meat, with your protein. 
get your arugula going. Now, you might also need to look at parasites and other gut infections because, you know, like I said earlier, having a low stomach acid, which is really common in people who are vegan or former vegans, it is something that you are going to be more at risk for a foodborne illness or like parasite or SIBO, things like that, candida. So definitely look at that and how you would go about addressing it. Dr. Charlie addresses it in his membership a lot. And so that is something that you might need to look at um, eventually. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think that this was a good one. Anything else? I have one more. I have one more thing to say. I have a quote from Wendell Berry, who I don't know where he stands on most things, but I know that I agree with this quote. People are fed by the food industry, which pays no attention to health and are treated by the health industry, which pays no attention to food. Yep. And so this was a long time ago when he said this, and I think it's super important to consider where you are getting your nutrition advice from, where you're getting your health advice from. Obviously, hopefully it's not just us. Like I want Mm -hmm. you to, you know, seek out other sources too, because it's, you should never just take our word for it. You should definitely back up with your own experiences and your own research um, to find what fit, what works for you best. And I will say though, that the food industry and the health industry definitely don't have your best interest at heart. She said it, I was thinking it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was a great, uh, great episode. Do you want to talk, say the little disclaimer that people love to hear? Of course, this is not meant to be medical advice. This is meant to be educational. Please speak with your healthcare provider before changing anything. All right, folks, we will see y'all on the next one.